are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. They're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a jam-packed show as always. I'm starting the podcast off by diving into Carson Kelly's numbers. I know it's a small sample size, but I want to shine some light on Carson Kelly. So we're going to talk about his numbers today. And then I'm playing part two, the final part of that conversation I had with Jason Burke of Locked on A's. We're talking about the AL West and whether Shohei Otani should be the MVP of the American League. But first, if you're coming to interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at locksondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's jump right into the conversation. And today, I just want to shine some light, as I said, on Carson Kelly, because we've given Carson Kelly a good amount of crap over the last year, and rightfully so. Uh, he sucked in 2020. That, that, that's the hard truth about it. He was not good in 2020. He was great in 2019, looked like a real keeper for the Dimeback future, and then fell off a cliff in 2020, 221 average, 649 OPS, 72 OPS plus, only had five home runs, couldn't get on base. Uh, struck out a ton. Uh, strikeout percentage last year was 22.5%, a career high, and a walk percentage of 4.7%, a career low. So the numbers were awful for Carson Kelly last year. But now, I know it's a small sample size, but I want to look at Carson Kelly's numbers this year, and he only has 21 at bat. So, guys, it's a super small sample size. He's only played eight games. It's so early into the season, but so far, I've been very impressed with Carson Kelly. I think you can make a real argument. He's the second best Diamondbacks player in this lineup right now. Maybe that's a bit of hyperbole, but I don't really think it is once you dive into these numbers because really the only other player that might have a case against Carson Kelly is who? Is Drupal Cabrera? He might have the strongest case. And then after that, it might be Eduardo Escobar who needed basically four games to, to become that, to, to put himself in the argument. So right now, I think Carson Kelly is the second most consistent guy in his D-backs lineup, even though he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunity. Uh, Cabrera's got 22 more at-bats than Carson Kelly has on the season. But I want to start with baseball reference and dive into Carson Kelly's numbers because Carson Kelly on the year, small sample size, but... 1185 OPS, 429 average, 9 hits and 21 at bats, a 222 OPS plus. The man has been a beast. I know I already talked about his walk percentage and strikeout percentage from last year being career worse, but this season, 18.5% strikeout percentage, that's better than what it was in 2019. And his walk percentage is also 18.5%, which would be a career high. So, best 
strikeout percentage since 2018 and best walk percentage in his career. But when you look at Carson Kelly's splits, some of them are absolutely insane because his numbers are so bonkers in the early part of the season. He's doing well against righties and lefties, but specifically when you look at left-handed pitching, Carson Kelly is absolutely crushing left-handed pitching to start the season. Now, he only has five at-bats against left-handed pitching, but in those five at-bats, he's four for five, a home run, three RBIs, a a 2,257 OPS. It's absolutely crazy. And Carson Kelly, if you dive into some of the other splits he has for his team, Especially when you look at runners in scoring position. He's one of the best contributors with runners in scoring position on this Diamondbacks team. An average of 333. We're at 1905 OPS with runners in scoring position. But as we got to caveat all these numbers with, he hasn't played a lot. And it's just a small sample size. So we're not going to go too crazy when we're looking at these numbers. We're not going to get too overzealous. But I think there's some real optimism to, to surround Carson to start the season because we we beat the drum to death this guy was traded for paul goldschmidt i talk about it every time we talk about carson kelly and with dalton varsha waiting in the wings we've talked about how this was a real make or break season for carson kelly if he struggled once again and looked like the 2020 version of himself then maybe the d-backs decide to go in a different direction and try to go with the dalton varsha and see what he has but right now carson kelly's making a strong case to continue being the everyday outfielder for the d-backs this season and possibly beyond Maybe because the D-backs, I think, eventually are going to have to make a decision on what to do with Dalton Varsho and Carson Kelly. Are gonna, are they going to try to platoon both of them? I don't think they really can do that. I think they're going to have to decide one of them as the everyday catcher. Maybe they try to use Varsho in the outfield, but I think they want to use Varsho as a catcher. So one of these days, they're going to have to make a decision, I think, I believe, of who to keep. And right now, Carson Kelly is making a pretty strong case to be the keeper for the Dimebacks this season. And if you look at his fan graphs there are some really positive numbers from Carson Kelly's fan graphs his hard hit percentage this season it was 34.4 percent last year it's 58.8 percent this year Carson Kelly's absolutely crushing pitches this year an average exit velocity of 91.1 miles per hour which would be a career high and a career high in barrel percentage. I think I said that kind of weird. Career high in barrel percentage, 11.8%. I don't know why. My nose got all nasally in the last 30 minutes for some reason. So hopefully it's not coming through the mic. But Carson Kelly this season, absolutely crushing it. Barrel percentage, hard hit percentage, average exit velocity. Carson Kelly is on fire. And if you look at the type of pitches Carson Kelly has been crushing on, it's specifically breaking pitches he's doing great against fastballs too don't get me wrong but when you look at his breaking pitches splits he has an expected slugging of 655 against breaking pitches with an average exit velocity of 89.4 miles per hour and he's seen 41 breaking pitches this season now compare that to the fastball his average exit velocity of almost 95 miles per hour so he's actually hitting the fastball harder but his slugging expected slugging is higher against the breaking pitches so you really can't fool him either way the the best thing you could do is go with the off speed pitch against Carson Kelly that's probably the easiest way to fool him but if you're throwing something hard if you're throwing something hanging Carson Kelly is more than likely to crush it with the way he's uh playing at the plate right now and if you're watching these games not even just looking at the numbers 
numbers. If you're actually watching these games, which surprisingly I've been doing this year, I've had a I've had a great time honestly uh, watching these D backs games and doing so. You can just see Carson Kelly's comfortability at the plate he just looks comfortable he looks confident at the plate right now he's just playing carefree is what it looks like there's a lot of pressure on Carson Kelly this season but you won't tell from watching him at the plate I think he's kind of put that all to the side because you can only control what you can control and that's what you do at the plate there's no need in worrying about Dalton Varsho and what your future holds and that kind of stuff puts a lot of pressure on these players that's kind of unneeded and unwarranted Carson Kelly can only focus on every pitch the next pitch and so far that's what it looks like Carson Kelly is doing and because of it his early season, uh, the er, this early part of the season, he's taken off. He's gone off to a hot start, and he's been one of the best contributors in this D-backs lineup. I mean, in that Tuesday game, he had a three-run bomb uh, against the the Oakland A's, and he looked great at the plate. He and he's even behind the plate. He's looked really good too. Carson Kelly throwing out dudes has looked pretty strong uh, uh, defensively behind the plate. I've been really impressed all around with Carson Kelly this season. His arm has looked lively behind the plate. Uh, he, he's looked strong and retooled uh, when batting uh, as well. And he's not doing anything crazy. It's not like he's smashing doubles left and right. It's not like he's smashing home runs left and right. But he gets a lot of line drive singles. And he just does what the pitcher gives him. He, he, he just does what the defense gives him. If he needs to go oppo, he'll go oppo. If he if the pitch is running in on his hands and he needs to swing a little bit early and pull it, he'll do that. If it's a little bit outside and he needs to go oppo with it, he'll do that. He's just adjusting at the plate and he's not trying to force anything. You could just tell that in his game. His swing looks fluid right now. I've been thoroughly impressed with Carson Kelly and I'm excited for the rest of the season to see how sustainable this is and what kind of numbers he could put up by the end of the year. Now we'll have that conversation with Locked On A's host Jason Burke. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, Bilt Bar is great for the health-conscious guy like me. It tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. Get a free cooler while supplies last. Go to BiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you can get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Roskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Let's get into that conversation with Jason Burke of Locked On A's. Back on to trading Cattell Marte to Oakland. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, I think that he'd be great uh, for the A's. And maybe if he does get traded, it'd be 
for a hall of prospects and you, you really start with the youth movement in Arizona, maybe that's the way to go. If they, they got a solid, uh, you know, uh, farm system and all that stuff, maybe start with a bunch of 23 year olds and go from there uh, would be my opening argument for trying to get Cattell Marte to Oakland. But uh, I don't know that uh, eight and $10 million is even in the A's payroll right now. Cause they do not spend money. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the Diamondbacks are always a very familiar team to A's fans, it feels like, because they've got former A's, you know, Tyler Clippert wasn't there, but former A, uh, Joaquin Soria, obviously, uh, Stephen Boat, you know, uh, and then there's, you know, the A's nemeses uh, with Bumgarner and Cole Calhoun. And there was one other guy, too, that uh, was also a nemesis of the A's. But, um, yeah, they're, they're always a very familiar team, and they're always they're not that far away in Arizona. Um just because spring training, we've, a lot of us have been to spring training. It's a beautiful ballpark. Ballpark. I have not watched a game there, but I did take the ballpark tour. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. I, my favorite thing is that all the seats face home plates, which is not something that happens in Oakland. And I loved that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the Diamondbacks, they'll get there again. They'll get a repeat of 2001, I think. Um, it's it, it just a, uh, it's a it's a it's a process in that NL West right now. The Giants are on the upswing too. The, the Rockies, you can beat up on them. That's nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is a tough division right now. Yeah, the D-backs don't really have a path to winning the, the division anytime <laughs> soon. They're pretty much playing for the wild card for at least the next half decade, probably, with the way the Dodgers and uh, the Padres are built. But I do want to ask you about your own division because I guess we'll bring him up real quick. The Angels right now are in first place the NLS and just what are your overall thoughts about the division do you think the Angels will end up winning the the division for the I don't know how long it's been but I'm imagine it's been a long time since they won the division and uh, do you think that's sustainable or do you think a team like the A's can make a run or do you believe you know the Astros who are you know hated by baseball are actually the best team in that division or even a team like Seattle who is you know the, the arguably the worst team in all of major league sports not just baseball on all four American sports. I think they have the longest playoff drought right now. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that division? And we're not even going to talk about the Rangers because they're all. Because <laughs> they just got no hit and haven't scored a run in a few games. <laughs> yeah, I, they, they scored today as we're recording this, but uh, <laughs> them scoring runs should not be a headline. Um, the, 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 cut that. Uh, the Seattle Mariners are a really good team on the rise. They're not quite there yet, but they are going to be the overlords of this division in probably two years time. They have so much talent that uh, the outfield that they are compiling right now is ridiculously talented. So uh, they're, they're a scary team on the rise. They'll get some wins here and there. They'll at best be around like 78 wins. I don't know if they have enough pitching and defense to get them there, but they have you know, that amount of upside, they'll be between like 70 and 78. Uh, it's basically the A's, Twins, and Astros right now. The Astros played like world beaters in their first series against the A's. The A's took two out of three from them in Houston, which was nice. Uh, we'll see how healthy they can stay because their entire season for me depends on if Jordan Alvarez makes it, you know, 120 games for them. Without him in their lineup, they're a beatable team because he's basically their replacement for George Springer right now. Um, so if you just take George Springer out and replace him with Jordan Alvarez, you're not doing much because Alvarez did not play last year. But if you take both those guys out, then they're not as deep. And Yuli Gurriel is playing out of his mind right now. He's not going to do that all season. And I don't know. 
that I trust their pitching necessarily. Uh, they've pitched well so far, but it's still very early. What happens when you get to like innings 60 and 70 on the season on, on one of these guys' arms like Christian Javier, who's been pitching well? Uh, it's it's a slog. It's on the entire season is what I want to see from the Houston Astros. Cause I don't know that they can do it for an entire season in spurts. Yes. In the playoffs. Yes. Uh, it's health and how, how much can they hold up pitching wise? Uh, the, the angels are interesting. They've got that one guy. Uh, he's been good, but for me, I've been tweeting out any gift that I see of, uh, Shohei Otani. Yeah. I, I love watching him. He is amazing. He is, uh, him and, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. are my two favorite players, I think. I love everything that they do. Um, do they have enough pitching, uh, starting rotation pitching? Their bullpen seems much improved, but their rotation, a little bit of a question mark. Uh, if they go out and get like a, I, I keep saying Herman Marquez from the Rockies, if they go out and get mm. him, maybe that's enough to give them that little extra hump. But um, it, th- this team has fallen to the A's and the Astros for I think since 2014. So uh, I don't know that they have enough, even with the reinforcements that they brought in. We'll get into a conversation on whether Shohei Otani should be the M- MVP of the American League. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen. He uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's wrap up the pod. The A's, I, I've said it, you know, on my podcast, but I think that on paper that the team that was constructed in the offseason has more talent than last year's. Uh, I know that they lost Marcus Simeon um, and then they also lost Chris Davis. But if you replace those two guys with Elvis Andrews and Mitch Moreland on the aggregate, the A's offense might actually be better. Um Obviously, losing Liam Hendricks is a big blow. He hasn't been great so far this year, but, you know, early season. Uh, His replacement, though, was Trevor Rosenthal. He is on the IL until August. So uh, that part of the equation hasn't been great. But Lou Trevino has been pitching really well this season. He had a really great rookie season in 2018. So if he can recapture his 2018 form, then I think that the A's could be going somewhere. Um, I I still think that they're a 90-win team at the very least, you know, in the low 90s, 90 to 93. Maybe they can get up to 97 because they've won 97 games three years in a row. And people keep writing them off like they're a 78 win team. And I don't think that that's the talent level. So if they're healthy, they have the talent and the depth to to make a nice little run. And because this could be Bob Melvin's last year in Oakland, depending on what he wants to do. And Billy Bean almost left and then that his venture fell through. So he's (laughs) nearing the end of his uh, his run in Oakland, it would seem. I think that they push their chips in. 
at, at the trade deadline this year, a lot like they did in 2014 when they went out and got John Lester. They didn't make it past the wildcard game, but I, I think that they're going to be more aggressive at this year's deadline because it could be the end of an era and we could see somebody like Matt Chapman traded in the offseason. So make a big push for it this year and then scrap it all at the end of it. But uh, I think that this is the year that they're going to really push those chips in because they've got a little bit of talent in the minor leagues that they can move and still keep the core intact. So uh, that's, I, I think that the A's are still the team to beat, even though they're five and seven and they were a laughing stock for the first week of the year, but uh, it's a very long season. They have more depth than the other two teams. And I think that that's, what's going to be the difference maker for the A's in the end. Mm. And unlike most people, I'm pro Astros. I want to see the Astros <laughs> do well. I love this revenge tour that they're on. If I was rooting for them last year in the playoffs. I was like, make it to the World Series, give back to the Dodgers and beat those bums and just shut them up. Honestly, I don't want to hear any more whining from them about the cheating. So I was rooting for the Astros. So I'll probably root for them again if they go deep into postseason. But we're probably wrapping up here soon. So I do want to ask you one final question. And it has to do with the, the Angels, honestly. It's a, it has to do with the one your favorite players Otani because right now he's never really put together a full season he's only played around 100 games uh the first couple of years and of course last year is the shortened season so if he plays around 150 games you know gets his 25 home runs his 10 stolen bases even makes around 15 starts doesn't by definition he has to be the MVP of the American League I mean I, I think so because he would be doing more than anybody else even if Mike Trout uh, hits like 40 homers and drives in like 120. Did he pitch at all? No. And Shohei wouldn't be that far behind him offensively. Um, so I, I think that Shohei, especially he hit a ball 119 miles an hour last night as we're recording. And people don't do that. That's John Carlos Stanton numbers that nobody does that in baseball. Um, and he's also, you know, pitching. So <laughs> if he's, Okay, if he has like a four ERA as a pitcher and goes like 10 and eight or something like that, I think that that would be enough to get him uh, the, the MVP award because no, nobody does what he does. And would it be necessarily deserved? Maybe not. Maybe somebody else has a great season. But, you know, like uh, Jose Abreu had a great 60 games last year. Uh, was it an outstanding season? Not necessarily. But you could see if there's nobody else necessarily challenging him like that. If he does over the course of a full season, the stats that you put out there and some and there's no real competition. It's like Jose Abreu's 2020 season. Then, yeah, I think that he's the MVP. But Matt Chapman's going to take it. So uh, we don't got to worry about that. Yeah, I think I saw a highlight today from Otani of him just beating out a, a, a routine grounder yeah. to shortstop. Like, that dude is just an absolute freak of nature, honestly. <laughs> and I, I think he just has to be the betting favor every season entering the MLB year because if, you're, if he's going to be out there on the mound 15 starts and still be your, arguably your second best player in your lineup, like, what more can he do to, to not be considered the most valuable player? Not many dudes are the second best player in terms of pitching and position player on your team. So Otani's a, a freak of nature and i think everyone i i think he his approval rating is 100 honestly i don't think there's any haters when it comes to shohei otani how could you he waved goodbye to a baseball that is the best thing that i've ever seen he is so wholesome he how can he have enemies it is ridiculous if anybody hates him uh if you do let me know why uh, i'm intrigued by that i'm at by jason b on twitter let me know why you hate Shohei Otani and uh, we can have a discussion on that. That'd be a lot of fun.
Yeah, that'll be a, a pretty interesting roundtable for anyone that hates show show hey Otani. But that's all I probably got from myself, Jason. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up here on the pod? I am all good. I, I always love talking about the Diamondbacks. So if uh, if <laughs> you want to talk about the Diamondbacks, I will do that with you. <laughs> well, let's see. When I know we play each other again in two weeks, but what days does it fall on? Uh, well, it looks like it's probably longer than two weeks. Honestly, is it? Yeah, I was like, I hadn't play? gotten that far. I do not know. <laughs> okay, I guess it was someone else that we played again in two weeks. <laughs> I thought it was the Oakland A's that we saw again in two weeks. <laughs> so I guess not. So if we ever, you know, get a, a series again, if it's on the weekend, we could do one of those locker room crossovers and you know watch the beginning and end of games because those are pretty fun, honestly, to do with someone else. I, I've enjoyed Sounds the good. locker rooms so far. But Jason, <laughs> thank you for taking the time today for doing this crossover. Uh, sad that the D-backs lost, but at least they did it in entertaining fashion. <laughs> That's all that you can really hope for. If not, I'm not saying that the Diamondbacks are bad, but when the A's are bad, all I want is competitive baseball. Or, you know, let, let me have fun watching the team. You don't have to win, but give me some hope at the very least. And uh, it looks like you're kind of in the same boat there with the D-backs this season. Yeah, D-backs are bad on the days, Mass and Bumgarner pitches. But that's it for me, Miller Thomas of the Locked on D-backs podcast, Jason Burke of the Locked on A's. We'll see you guys next time. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. And as always, come back tomorrow for the best Dimebacks news, coverage, and insight. We'll either preview uh, tomorrow's game, depending on what time it is, or we'll react live to it like what we've been doing. And we'll talk a little bit more about some other Dimebacks players who are on fire. Probably talk a little bit about Eduardo Espar and his start to the season. So come back tomorrow. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockedOnDimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!